Did you change that? It kind of like shoot, shoot. No, I don't know. It was like the beginning. It was like the plug is not in all the I like it. Works for me. Welcome to the family with our special guest. Andrew Rivers. Very good. Oh, I, I yeah. No, it's great. We like to have people that are <laughs> throw me a, throw me a curveball. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Not a problem. Andrew Rivers and Andy Rampart and Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew and Andrew are going to talk about how horrible it is growing up the son of a radio guy. <laughs> right after this with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Oh, are you rocking out? Yeah. I love this song. Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. Matter of fact, I was just listening to Best of Crow. Remember Crow? Yeah. You ever heard the band Crow? No. They watched well, like 50 years ago. Okay. Well, that <laughs> but, makes uh, sense. Yeah. Well, so, you know, being 34, you probably wouldn't yeah, know who yeah, Crow Yeah, absolutely. But uh, great rock and roll. I okay. mean, just really, really great. A lot of really good musicians, you know. But Beastie Boys. Did you ever hear, do you, know, you know who Dick Clark was? I know of him, yeah. No. Uh, this is a, a lot of comics make fun of him because his face is droopy. It was. <laughs> long dead now. Okay, yeah. Well, that would explain. Good, he had a stroke. <laughs> yeah. really good. He had a stroke. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good, Andrew. Really nice. Well, he did like the New Year's thing every year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, American right. bandstand. The ball was dropping with his face. Or oh, my God. It's so just vicious. Yeah. But it's just <laughs> odd for you to have to sit there and ask, do you know who Dick Clark is? Oh, I know, sure, but I yeah. mean, some, hey. I mean, I hear a lot of names, but I don't know. It doesn't mean anything to me, you know? People, no, oh, Tom Bernard. You're like, I don't know. It's probably you know, somebody, guy, yeah, some know. guy. Who knows? Well, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, 
Tevin Pittman's another young man that appears on this show. He's a black man in America today, nicest kid in the world. But my daughter asked him about the Beatles. He goes, who? Oh, wow. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That didn't go over well with my daughter. My daughter's 30. Sure. And he's like, what? Tevin's what now, 27? Something like something that. Sure. Like that. Yeah. And then he, he finally turns to her about halfway through the show when he goes, they do that one about the little yellow submarine. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, did they also do uh, Hey There, Delilah? Yeah. Yeah. Hey There, Delilah. They didn't know that was Tom Jones, yeah. but, you know, close. But in any case, I, I just... Uh, Have you seen that movie where the, everyone forgets about the Beatles? Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. Is it good? I haven't seen it oh, yet. I yeah, it's it. really good. It's I, really good. I, I think that's a fun story, so... Well, the kid who plays... Uh, what was his name? His last name is Patel. Uh, but I can't remember. Himesh. Himesh Patel is his name. The actor's name. He's phenomenal. Oh, great. Really yeah. good. Cool. Is he, is he part of the cigar, cigar family? The Rocky Patel? I don't think so. I think he's from the India Patel. Although Rocky Patel is part of the India Patels too, so never mind. Maybe he is. I don't know. He might be. Who right. knows anything? Maybe Rocky uh, financed the whole thing. He sells about $8 billion worth of cigars every day. Yes, so. he does. There's a possibility, but uh, we had a really nice talk this morning with Andrew on the uh, on the morning show. Andrew Rivers with us in studio. He's at Rick Bronson's House Comedy tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday as well. See this? Yeah. It's going to just... It's Do you want me to answer stop. it? <laughs> yeah, that might be a good idea. Just be like, like, would you leave me alone? I can almost tell by that number that's somebody you don't want to talk to. Oh, yeah. I, somebody put my phone number on their website. What is your phone number? So we can just... <laughs> Seven. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for that. Broadcast uh, it. Yeah, just broadcast it over. That's happened before. People, yeah. honestly, God, I've had people call me on the on the phone and they're on the air. Yeah, right, talking about it. Yeah, Tom, give me a call. I got a new number. It's seven six three. Oh like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The best one though was Bob Seger when he was talking about Kid Rock's new address. Oh my, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Bob Seger's on the show several years, a few years ago. And I used to work at Capitol Records back in the late seventies, okay. early eighties. Yeah. So I would go around the country with Bob Seger Fun. and all, all those guys. Right, nicest guy in the world. So I'm talking to him on a show. He goes, hey, Tom, did you hear Kid Rock got a new house? I said, no, no, I didn't hear about it. He goes, yeah, it's really nice, man. It's over there. It's like 1201 Grand Avenue. It's, it's, it's real. I'm like, you realize you just gave out Kid Rock's home address on the air? And he goes, oh, man. Like, I know you're comfortable, Bob. Yeah. We've known each other for a while, but uh, you might want not want to give They forget that because they're just chatting with their buddy, you know? Yeah, they're just exactly talking, right. man. That's exactly. That was really nice of your dad to call in this morning. That was fun. I liked that. That was really cool. And, and made another thing to make fun of. So. One of the greatest things in the world is, is Andrew's ridiculing his father all morning long, and then all of a sudden his dad's on the phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm in trouble. All right. I'm in trouble now, uh, man. He heard me talking about him. But he's still up in Maine doing his beehives. And yeah. All he's, uh, what is he doing now? Oh, he's making honey. He's making uh, honey. And, uh, and he's making maple syrup. That's his big hobby now. Right. He right. bought uh, like thirty thousand dollars worth of equipment so that he can make twelve dollars per sure. <laughs> per bottle of maple syrup. And uh, but he's having fun, and it's uh, exactly. you know he likes to be uh, alone. Yeah, he so, does. No, I know. Uh, he absolutely does. Yeah, so it's nice for him to just be because even when we lived, you know, we didn't live in Seattle. We lived, for, you know, I'm not going to give out the address. Uh, I'm not an idiot. Twelve hundred one Grand Avenue. <laughs> He lived next to Kid Rock, but uh, <laughs> right. but uh, but even then we lived, you know, on like a dirt road that was like two miles. Like he just always needed a place yeah, to did. get away from everybody. So um, why did I he ever get, get on the radio though? I didn't understand that. 
Well, you know, it's such a, a wonderful business where your employers are very empathetic and, and understanding of your yeah, – um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think um, – I think after his last contract where – because like we were joking about there's only seven radio shows anymore, you know, because everything yeah. gets syndicated and then they're like, it's Howard Stern and the rest of us, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty, yeah, that's I think good. he kind of saw that coming and and yeah. said like, hey, I want to be syndicated. Put, put me on syndication. Why didn't they? Well, they did. He put it in his contract. I don't know if anyone knows – I don't even know if I'm allowed to tell the story, but it's out there. So he put out – he put it in his contract like you have to syndicate me and then they did and he said you have to leave me on for six months or whatever you right. give me a chance right. in this new markets and after three weeks or two weeks they just pulled him off the air in all the other markets and they said well sue us why i don't know they just didn't want success this is yeah, what is frustrating yeah, yeah. when 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 an employee or you know like at that point, he'd been number one in Seattle for 15 years, for 15, probably. Forever. And so, yeah. you know, and that was 10 years before he retired. And so he, he's going, hey, I think I know a little bit about this business and where it mm -hmm. might be headed. Right. But you have a program director that has their own, you know, and empathetic towards them, too. Like, they have their bosses that are breathing down their neck, and they're, all oh, these numbers aren't good. And it's the same thing that we talk about with um, – Radio shows not having comedians on anymore because I unless they are that. unless they are like movie stars, you know, because they have the the little uh, beepers or whatever that you instead of people writing down their favorite oh, yeah, shows, the, 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 the they determined that the, the people meters. tune out whenever a comedian comes on that they don't know or whatever. No, they don't. But it, yeah, but it's it's very silly. So they, God. I don't know. So that again, you go into like. Whoever is running things is is making decisions that maybe the people that are actually uh, that care don't really uh, do, don't don't agree with, and that that probably gets frustrating after twenty five years. And, and also he's he's just tired, and you know he just wants to spend time away right. from man. A lot of success, yeah. But I will tell you this: these days, the way they measure viewership of television right. and, and radio is ridiculous. Right? It's it's. Here, what they've done now, basically, and, and uh, I can't talk a lot about it because right. it's against the rules, but right. in a certain business now, uh, most people that take part in the ratings, <clears throat> the average household income is $25,000. Mm -hmm. So what they've done is they've taken diversity. That's the only reason I let JP <laughs> <laughs> diversity. diversity and we have to give meters to poor people, right. which I agree, sure. but you need a balance. Right. You can't give all of them sure. to the board. Sure, sure. So I yeah, know. I don't know. I I don't know enough about it. I just have heard a lot of lot of uh, you know. Why can't you talk about it? Uh, apparently, rule? they they will. No, it's not an FCC rule. It's a Nielsen rule. If you talk about it, then they pull you off the ratings. Which I don't give a rat's ass. If they did anyway. <laughs> I don't care. Our ratings are great and whatever. But well, I just, think the thing is too. You measure success not necessarily with the number that they give you, yeah, exactly. but the, it's when you run into people in town or when they call you up because they see your phone number on the internet. You know, that's people trying, thanks, to, thanks, trying to give love to you. And where would you. they find that phone number, Andrew? <laughs> Let me know yeah. where that would be. You know, one thing that's great about that, you know, talking about Bob Rivers, by the way, Andrew's father and I are old friends uh, for several years now. Had a great time hanging out with him four or five different times, doing some radio, going mm -hmm. to dinner and doing all those things. 
And I, I didn't know. I I swear to God, I did yeah, look at your picture. Yeah. Like, God, he looks a lot that's like Bob Rivers. Rivers. <laughs> like, well, there's a reason <laughs> yeah, for yeah, that. That's interesting. The but last name gives it away. The last name gives it away. It's pretty subtle. Yeah. Well, you could have been Johnny Rivers. Sure, kid. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Yeah, I get absolutely. A comedy club in New York one time called me and they go, Are you related to Joan Rivers? And I go, No. And they go, We're just going to tell people you are anyway. Good. And I'm like, All right, whatever well, gets them in the door. Well, you look enough like Joan. Sure. Like yeah, that. yeah. I've had a few surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> About 6,000. Yeah, I did a 23 in me. I'm 13% plastic, so I uh, didn't <laughs> know good, I was uh, didn't know I was related. But um. you know, it's funny you were talking about you know radio executives and this, and they mm-hmm. want they have their deal and you have your deal, and sure. blah blah blah. I've been very lucky because I'm a big person, I've got a little muscle mass. So yeah, I go get the hell away from here, I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. I love that yeah. part of my job. You know what's interesting is I mean this is the thing too is that. Uh, I don't remember what my dad's ratings. I'm sure they were still great when Phenomenal. he retired. They but were great. Yep. but towards the end, I remember like when he went off air, people would come to me at my shows and be like, "What happened? <laughs> what?" <laughs> that must and have then got like sickening. and then like oh, you look on their Facebook page and on their Twitter, and it's all these people going, "We want you. What? Where? Why? Why would they kick you off? You know? I know. And it's like you can't measure that with like a little uh, meter. You know, the the passion that you really, uh, so I, I mean, but, uh, but also they need an effective way. And I think that the, what they're trying to do, but it maybe not is the best plan. But I don't understand why wouldn't you want funny people on your show? I agree. It's also, it's just, it's less work for you guys. It's less, you know what I mean? Like, it's great. (laughs) You just go, Hey, let's just have a conversation with this comedian. What is that? What that one show does. So Andrew. Uh, write down five things. Oh yeah, Bob and Tom. I'm not gonna. Do they still do that? Because I I know Tom really. Boy, well I uh, I mean I haven't been on in a minute, but uh, and they were great. But it was very funny to me to to go from my dad's show to them where they go. So uh, we heard you uh, did a thing in uh, Minnesota, and I'm like, oh yeah, and then they just go back to their laptop, and I'm just like, talking. and I'm like, yeah, I won't uh-huh, be doing that. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then ten minutes later, oh, anyway. So uh, you ever uh, we got this story about a prison? You ever been to prison, Andrew? All right, back to the laptop. Yeah, just, uh... You know, and, Tom is actually a good guy. Yeah, and I Bob's think retired. Yeah, I think that's what I think. I was there like his last year, and it just oh, he was yeah. probably like one foot out the door. Like yeah, ah, I don't really care about this anymore. Tom's actually a really good. Still call it Bob and Tom, I guess. Right, the show. right. But Tom's a really decent guy. Uh, hung out with him. Several times on mm-hmm. you know conventions or whatever, yeah. Which I never, I never know why I went to convention. I'm not a convention kind of guy. Well, I think it's you hang out with your buddies and you, yeah, you know, you know. It is, but yeah. No, it's uh, but I heard that it's like write down five things. Well, what's your job? If I'm writing you, telling you what to ask me, what do you do? Sure. Because I could just go, yeah. hey, you know what I think? Yeah. What do you think, Andrew? <laughs> well, I think that that was really funny, but I mean, yeah. So, uh, no you have a cat. <laughs> okay. How did you know that? Is that on the internet? That's exactly. <laughs> People it. are posting all my information out there. Was it hard in Seattle to, to break into comedy? Most people, because you do look a lot like sure. Your dad. Yeah, there's a little. There's just resentment from people, right. but 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 also that is a fun. That's a fine lesson to have to go through. To really, I, I mean. You know, sometimes rejection is direction where where 
you know, you think it's a perceived slight and really they're just telling you that they don't think you're good enough or, or whatever it is, you know, because yeah. early on you're just not, you're not great at comedy and people are thinking like, even if you get the 1 a.m. spot at the end of the open mic, mm -hmm. they're like, well, that's just because your dad's on the radio, oh, you know. God. Now that certainly helped things like. I could go on his show and practice jokes and right. and I could I, you know I was related and and lived with a guy that was very funny and had a great mm -hmm. and and also like I got to meet Christopher Titus when I was like a month Titus into a comedy. Guy. Well you opened for him a lot. Yeah, and you? so now I get I to work so, with yeah. him. So like yep. so Titus I met him every year that he would come to Seattle and because of my dad I would get backstage passes even though I was just a comic, right. just an open mic guy. But uh, but Titus will go. Oh yeah, keep up, keep doing it, whatever. Yeah, he's a good guy. And then after three years, I was like still a comedian, and and uh, I was hanging out backstage one day, and it's like a thousand seat casino, and he goes, uh, he goes, how long? Yeah, you're still doing it, like. You know, a lot of people tell me they're going to be a comedian yeah, and yeah, don't do true. it. And you're yep. like still doing it. And I go, yeah, I just worked Rooster T Feathers, this comedy club in Sunnyvale, which is where he started. And he goes, well, you can't be awful if they hired you. That's pretty cool. You know? <laughs> well, that's nice. <laughs> and the, the casino manager comes in and goes, hey, five minutes to the showtime. What's the order? And he goes, you want to do five minutes? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, let me change my underwear real quick. Because you know? right, right. there's a thousand people out there. And this is also like six minutes from where I went to high school school and uh so it was all these crazy things and then and i realized like as i'm about to go on stage you know um first of all my mom is texting me like hurry up the show's about to start and i'm like i am the show you know <laughs> I but i can't show. text her and then uh they're like looking at me like we're gonna pull the curtain in one minute and titus comes up and he goes hey remember if the audience doesn't laugh uh, don't freak out because they can't do what you do. That's why they're in the audience and you're on stage. And true. I realize he's realizing, like, I've never heard him tell a joke. Yeah. And yeah. I just offered him five minutes in front of 1,200 people. And Work. so he's like, hey, if it doesn't go well, don't worry about it. You know, he's trying to give me this pep talk or whatever. <laughs> or anti-pep yeah, talk. Yeah, or something, you know, like, hey, just <laughs> exactly. hang in there if it doesn't go well. And luckily I was, a, I wasn't trying to misrepresent myself as a comedian. So it went really well and I got off stage and he throws his arm around me and goes, ah, was so funny. I got this joke idea and this tag for you. And, and so ever since then, when he comes to Seattle, he would, you know, have me on a show or, uh, or bring me on tour. And so... I've uh, been very lucky to work with him a lot. It's terrific. We'll and so right. those are the – but I also have to be funny for that no, to happen. Yes. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. And, and, not... uh, and to keep putting in the work and, and showing up. So, no, you know, it'll open some doors, but the doors get shut if you're not good enough. We'll talk about that. We'll take a very quick break. Be right back. More with Andrew Rivers, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Bronson's House Comedy. Tonight, two shows. Tomorrow night, two shows. And a Sunday show as well. Back yeah. in a couple, a couple of minutes with Andrew. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. 
Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Rock and roll mood today. That's good. Rock up Friday. Well, there you go. She's got her Viking shirt on. Oh, you do have your Viking shirt on. You're ready to go. started camp today. Oh, yeah, it's exciting. Are you a Seahawks fan? Yes. Well, you are. Yeah, I'm a big Seahawks fan. a hell of a quarterback, man. Yeah, he's pretty good. You might want to tell Marshawn Lynch if you ever see him again, don't spit on children. How about that? (laughs) Did he spit on kids? Oh, yeah. Kid walked up and asked for his autograph, and he spit on him. Oh, when did that happen? Uh, Just... Not that long. Uh, he probably deserved it. He probably did. <laughs> yeah, what a sweetheart of a guy. I mean, you know, it'll happen. I think. I think some fans push boundaries. Probably. Oh, I think that's sure. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. people are just calling you up. They're just fans. They want to say hi. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure Andrew, that's not why they're calling. Me. I'm pretty sure. So, they just want an autograph. Why you gotta? Uh huh. Uh-huh. He has sure. some serious social anxiety issues. You do? No, he does. Oh, Marshawn Lynch? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that makes does. sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, true. I mean, during the Super Bowl, they kept being like crowding him into a corner, and they, there's 50 people around him, and they go answer questions. He's like, I don't know, man. I just run the ball. I don't know. What do you want? And, uh, and then they're like, Well, you got to answer questions for three minutes. And he goes, I'm just about that action, boss. <laughs> I understand, Andy. Andrew and I were talking about the fact that you know his father is a legendary radio guy. Everybody in the business knows him. And I was talking about how, how you used to not care much for people when they talked to you about me, too. So at that, that school and stuff, remember you say, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I just didn't really see the big deal, so. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what it is. Yeah, yeah right. it's just like yeah, people be like, oh, he's the man. I'm like, oh, it's just my dad. Yep. Yeah. My dad. People be like, I listen to your dad this morning. I listen to him every morning. I'm like, cool. A lot of people do. Yeah, that's a lot cool. of people didn't. All right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What do you want when me you to do? When you grow up with something, that's how right. it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm, even if you were the mayor, which you should be, no, uh, no, 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 no. you know, whatever. It's just you go, ah, it's the, it's the guy, you know? Yep. Well, I mean, when... You know, I used to take my son to bowl games because mm-hmm. I used to work for go f- football. Sure. And um, he would, you know, we'd come home and all his buddies, he'd go back to school and he'd say, yeah, yeah. and the teacher say, what did you do? And he'd go, I went to a bowl game. And yeah. all his friends would be like, what? Oh, yeah. 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 And, he, and he'd be like, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so what? Yeah. You don't know that it's, a, I met Ozzy Osbourne in my house oh, when yeah. I was like, 
well, I don't know, like 13 or something like that. And I, but I didn't know who he was. Oh, you didn't? I was just a, he's just a guy that swears a lot, you know? Like, I don't, <laughs> but, like, everyone else is freaking out. So I'm like, well, it must be a big deal. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Are you Sharon? Yeah. <laughs> I just know he's he says things I'm not allowed to. And that's, that's right. You know? That's very true. He always has. So that's, that's kind of where you go, like, you're just a kid. You don't know. And then when you grow older, you kind of resent the attention because I think you're like well that's my dad you don't get to have him and then mm-hmm. I think after a little while I mean I've come to the place where I'm like oh it's so cool that so many other people get to know how cool he was you know yeah, that is so true. that's that's the benefit but no people don't understand that it usually takes around 10 years to really become a good comedian yeah so I just time. hit 10 years a couple months ago <laughs> you did good and uh, <laughs> so here, right? I'm almost really funny but it does it takes so to it's, have that yeah. as a burden along with you you don't really you haven't really honed your craft sure. honed your craft yeah. yet yeah. it's like put a lot of pressure on you I would sure say. I mean uh, people would come to shows and be like I mean, what's fun now is people being at shows and being like, we used to hear you 10 years ago on the radio, mm-hmm. and boy, you are really funny now, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Because well, that's I, great. That's what, what happened was, like, you know, I would get airtime, but mostly they were just making fun of me because I wasn't that funny. Oh, okay. So, like, the joke was at my expense at first, and then I started to get funny enough to actually just be on the show as, mm-hmm. like, a funny person. And then, you know, after 10 years of comedy, like, I've built a little career for myself, so uh, no question things are going that. well, you know. How did you, when, how old were you when you decided, you know what, I, I want to be a stand-up comedian? Well, I, you know, what's cool is my dad took me to see comics all the time, and, mm-hmm. and I, I saw Stephen Wright when I was, like, oh, I again, Stephen. I was, like, like, 13 or 14 or something, where you don't really get everything, so I, he... He's this one-liner, deadpan joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just installed a skylight in my apartment. The people who live above me are furious. It's amazing writing. <laughs> it is great. And so, but I met him. I thought, like, this is really funny. But then I met him, you know, at the meet and greet with my dad. And he's like, you know, looking at this little 12-year-old kid. He goes, right. hey, Jeff Fon. I go, I have a question. Are you on drugs? <laughs> you know, and he well, just kind of laughed at me, and he I goes, "Oh no, I'm not on drugs." And then I met him a few years later. I was like 16. I was like, "I don't know if you remember this, but a couple years ago, he's like, I know exactly who you are." <laughs> like, oh no, are you on drugs? But I mean, that's like so. Those little things combined with like watching the Tonight Show with my dad every day was like a bonding experience, you know, yeah. because that was what he watched to sort of prepare for his show, right? And I guess, uh, yeah. and so like. So doing those things, and then what happened was I gave a speech at my brother's wedding, and it was pretty funny, according to everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I blacked out. I don't remember what happened. <laughs> but I had, like, elements of comedy. Like, there was a rule of three and a callback just from instinct, I guess. Yeah. And then after that, I got laid off from my job. And uh, I was at a marketing agency. It was 2008. Oh, yeah. So everyone was getting laid off from yeah, their job. Yeah. And uh, And... So I remember sitting at my computer looking at the window. It was like one of those six sunny days we get in Seattle. And I was like, I don't want to sit at this computer for the rest of my life. And then they laid me off like two weeks later. And I was like, whoever was listening, I, I would totally <laughs> take this paycheck for a little bit longer. It's not what I meant. Yeah. But after that, you know, luckily I had a, a father that I think um, – and I wonder what your opinion on this is. I think from – because his dad told him, like, you're never going to make any money spinning records. Oh, yeah. And so I think he was trying to push me, like, get a stable job, get benefits, and entertainment is really tough. And 
but then I think after that he was kind of like, you know, what what am I doing? This is what my dad did to me. Yeah. And so no, he right, goes, right. and so he goes. You know what? Try everything, and then you're closer to finding a thing you do like. If you That's do something terrific. you hate, and so he goes, you know, you did that speech, and it was pretty funny. Why don't you try an open mic night? And I thought, like, sure, I, you know. And then I went up, and immediately I was like, this is amazing. I like this. You yeah, know? Oh, yeah. And I told my dad, I go, hey, I'm gonna go do an open mic. Do you want to come? And he goes, you got plenty of time to suck. And uh, <laughs> so well, he didn't come for three months, and which was he should have waited nine years, but. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's been very supportive throughout, and luckily I had unemployment at the time because I got laid off from my job. So, right. uh, as my dad called it, the Obama Comedy Scholarship. So um, <laughs> I basically used that for my first two That's years of funny. my career, That's and pretty funny. Uh, paid my rent and bills with that, and then tried to tell some jokes, and then made a living. You know, that's very common though, because I. I was sitting in New York. I was living in New York doing voiceover, and my wife called and said, we're going to have Andy. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I can't really, we can't raise a kid in Manhattan. This right. is not going to work. The phone rang, and it was Dave Hamilton from KQRS calling me saying, hey, you want to come back and do the morning show? I said, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. We can raise our kid in, in Minnesota. He goes, you got to stay at least six months. And I said, yeah, I could probably stay for about six months. And now 34 years later, yeah. but I remember my agent at the time. When I told him I was going back to Minneapolis to do radio, and they go, radio? Yeah. You make that in one day, which you're going to make there in a year. Yeah. But it's like, no. It all worked out just fine. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It did. So there always is, whether it's your father, your grandfather, right. your agent, your cousin, your There's brother. someone telling you, you know, yep. I get YouTube comments all the time, like, you suck, and you're 10. <laughs> this guy left me a comment too, that know? was really funny that was like, uh, <laughs> he called me like Sir Slobbers a lot. And I was like, wow, you're really focused on how wet my mouth is. Like, that's very <laughs> interesting. Slobbers a yeah, lot. Yeah, he just kept making fun of me and like giving me weird nicknames. And I don't get what, you don't slobber. I don't, I don't think. I think I do, but uh, <laughs> I haven't heard but it apparently, so far. Uh, well, you sucker, you sucker, you You just haven't got me on the right uh, words. And I guess I, I had a speech word. impediment as a, as a child. I had uh, a lisp, but uh, you did? Uh, yeah, Is but I've overcome it. Mm, I don't know. You know what I think it was? Is my teeth were messed up, and then once I got oh, braces, yeah, yeah, yeah. they put them in the right area, yeah. and then you're like, oh, it doesn't make that sound anymore. <laughs> It's really funny. Yeah, people don't know that, but most speech impediments come from your genetics because, like, the people who say riddle instead yeah. of little, yeah. it's because they come from generally Slavic territory. Sure. It's where they talk yeah. with the back of their tongue. Yeah, it's. It, yeah. I was watching a thing on that. You know, certain so languages, you know, Asian, Asian people tend to have a harder time pronouncing R's because it's just not a sound that right. is in their right. uh, yep. language or whatever. Yep. So then, so then when you realize, like, you have to train your tongue to make all these weird noises. And the same way that we try to pronounce whatever is in, you know. Yeah, I'm not good at Japanese or Yeah, Chinese. or like, you know, <laughs> good at that it's the same all. thing as like, you know, Arabic words sound scarier because we just don't know how to pronounce half of them, you know. Well, they kind of do go, oh, yeah, right. yell a lot. Yeah, they do. Like, oh, the Germans are yellers. Uh, you got to watch out for the yellers, I'll tell you that. Yeah, they sound like an angry bunch. <laughs> I, yeah, they've guy. tried to uh, dominate the world a couple times. Yeah, yeah, they have. I can't remember his name, but he was a blonde German guy many years ago. 
And the only joke I ever heard him tell, and I don't know if his career ever went anywhere, but he comes out and he goes, a lot of people told me, you're chairman, you can't do stand-up com- comedy. It's not going to work. So let me try this joke. Take my wife. I command you. <laughs> and I thought it was a pretty good joke. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I never saw him again. So maybe <laughs> other people didn't think Maybe it didn't funny. work out as well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have favorites of mine that I slip into a show. But, uh, but yeah, sometimes the audience feedback is important. I think so. I think it's probably true. But I, obviously, you're you're touring. Yeah, things are going. I so I put out a dry bar comedy special. This is yeah, like this. Uh, it's, it's like true. Netflix for Mormons. Um, <laughs> uh, this whole company started a website because the Mormon religion. I don't know if you know too much about it, but it's like there's not a lot of fun involved. You can't have like drugs or uh, caffeine or underwear or something like that, and so no special underwear, right? You, so you, you got to have the special. You got to get right. the required required underwear, <laughs> and uh, so they invented like a Netflix where they can edit out offensive parts of TV oh, shows. Yeah. Yep. So like if you want to watch Game of Thrones but you don't want any nudity, you have a drop down menu where you select no nudity and then you oh. watch the other thirteen minutes of Game yeah. of Thrones. <laughs> so it's very exciting. It's a lot of nudity. Yeah. In Game so of they uh, they yeah. put this show they put they they kept getting sued by disney um because they're like you can't steal our thing our movies that's our property and they're like well who else can we take advantage of and then comedians came up and so they started filming these clean comedy specials and uh they they went viral on the on on the internet which is really cool so my special is like 15 million views now and, uh, 15 million, yeah. that's phenomenal. Yeah, well, that just means 15 people have scrolled past it. A million and Facebook times. counts it as a, okay. as a view. So I don't think that's true. I don't know. It's, it's great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it's, it's awesome. So that's been a big help for me. Yeah, well, it's, I, that, I, that makes total sense to me, though, that, that the people would do that. I mean, you're a very funny guy. No question. First of all, I really like your attitude about the fact that because I had no idea you were about sure. Yeah, you, came yeah, in yeah. There. you know, a lot of people named Rivers. Sure, but, yeah. But I, did I mean, why would you do research or you know? Oh, no, not, oh I don't do any of that. <laughs> I, I'm one guy. I have no idea what the hell I'm going to talk about every morning. I have you because no you, you broadcast from your house, so you just roll out of bed and I uh, roll out of bed. And I, yeah. you know, I don't want to be here. You might have to show up to the studio now that no one, everyone knows where your house is on the internet. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, <laughs> sir. That's that's a great tip, Andrew. Thank you for that a lot. But no, it's it's uh, you know you keep rolling through and yeah. life is grand. And I I just really that part of my job, what you did today, just by coming in and, and making that connection. I didn't know it was your dad. Sure. But it was your dad. I love that about it was this fun. business. It was great. It's just that doesn't happen in other businesses, yeah, yeah. you know. And then all of a sudden he calls in, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was phenomenal. It was great. It was a great time. It was a great time. But you know, it is very, very lucky. Uh, and I'm, it's not, I'm not basing your career on luck at all, but sure. it's lucky to have met Christopher. D- he is one of the funniest guys yes. on earth. I mean, you could not ask for a better person. I mean, here's what happened: right. is I still have this clip on YouTube because I saved it. But uh, I told a joke, and it it. It was a bad joke, and um, and uh, so nobody laughed. And uh, dead air on radio is much more uncomfortable than in real life, you know. Yeah. So for like, for what felt like forty five seconds, but really just three seconds of mm-hmm. silence because nobody laughed where there was supposed to be laughter. <laughs> you know, you go wazinga, and then yeah. everyone's like, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then Titus 
sort of gave me like a lecture, like a like a ninety seconds, like, all right, look, if you're gonna do comedy, here's how you write jokes. And he he goes, this isn't funny because talking about comedy is not funny. But he sat me down and just gave me like a two minute speech on how to write jokes. And so from day one, I've had Christopher Titus's sort of comedy mentorship as like pinned on my wall like all right well that's the goal because he would he would say like every sentence is a setup for a punchline you want every joke to basically be a one-liner if you're telling a 10-minute story it should have jokes the whole way through right you're right and so when you're you know i was like six years into comedy and i'm getting pretty good but i'm like am i that like that's impossible you know and then i would sit down and go i'm gonna watch one of his specials and if he's not following no, his right, own of a, right, right. and then i go oh yeah he's really apparently he's really good <laughs> okay you know and then you go okay i still have a lot of work to do you know and so that's been really helpful to me to have that guidance and and of course i uh, you know richard lewis has come through the show Love and like, you know all those guys that just come by and and Billy Gardell was very sweet to me. Another great yeah. guy. So, Pittsburgh boy. You know, you get all those guys that are that are the old guys that are that still care mm-hmm. is important because there's some bitter comics. You know, maybe you've met a few, but really? uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's right? bitter radio guys. I won't mention your name, but no, uh, but there's God, just you know mention my name, yeah. damn it. <laughs> so we got to take a break. Be yeah. right back. Two minutes more with. Andrew Rivers at Rick Brown's House Comedy. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. 7 o'clock on Sunday night as well. Back in two minutes. More with Andrew right after this. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom. The Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Big into Ozzy today, apparently. Hey. He likes Ozzy today. My, so, my childhood hero. <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah, that's right. To watch him put a garbage bag in a garbage can. Oh, it was funny. <laughs> I, went, 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 went. I think it took him 20 minutes. I think it did, yes. It was a good chunk of the episode watching him try to yeah. unravel a garbage bag. Unravel the garbage bag. Got but he's Ozzy. What can you do? Hell of a guy, actually. Yeah. And Jack's a nice kid, too, actually. Yeah. To tell you the truth. 
But, yeah, I mean, this whole situation now, we were just talking about uh, Andrew just uh, brought up politics, and we had a great discussion, and it lasts about 45 seconds, which is what I like to talk about. Tra- <laughs> that's, you what you, that's where you want to keep political discussions, too, <laughs> about 45 seconds, and then it, yeah. and, and it goes racist either way. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. To me, it's could you all just shut up and do your job? Yeah, that's it would be wonderful. Be nice. Yeah, that would be good. And, uh, and we just want a little more facts and logic involved, you know, and... Uh, well, obviously, you know who Ilan Omar is because she's yeah. all over the news. Now, Ilan uh, Omar is my congressperson. Sure. I live in her district, yeah, yeah. right? And I get the feeling she doesn't really give a rat's ass about that. Uh, and she made a statement yesterday. I find one of the most obnoxious statements I've ever heard from a. Po- it's not that she a Democrat. I'm not a Democrat yeah, yeah, or a Republican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So right. I don't care. Sure, sure. She well, said, I just I want to. If this is where I think it is, because I there was a video that was uh, edited. Heavily that that people are all up in arms about. So well, this was a quote. She okay. said that this situation between Donald Trump and I will be a defining moment in American history. Oh, okay. Let's not say things like it sounds a little arrogant there, Elon. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, but also representation is important to minorities. You know, in yeah. movies right. and in right. and. Regardless of whether he thought Obama was an effective or good president, uh, just the fact that he was able to become president now, oh, that's great. you yeah. can no, now agree. minorities everywhere can go, you know, it is possible. Well, not JB. Sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, it's a little late for you. And, and, <laughs> and the criminal record probably doesn't help. But, uh, what, the lack of a criminal yeah, record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they need at least a couple felonies and a couple bodies in the trunk. But. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that this this just whole situation is a defining moment because what's amazing now is we're able to communicate with each other so much easier. It's not that we haven't been this divided. It's just now we all have Facebook to post on. That's the whole so, problem as far as I'm um, yeah. So, but I think if we all kind of just empathetically talked with one another, we would find out that we all kind of want the same things, you I know? That's so that's yeah. so true. So I generally think, like, again, going back to... You know, she had the quote about, uh, you know, oh, Arabic words are scary. You know, and it's like it's not that big of a deal, you know, just because you don't know how to pronounce it or whatever. So uh, so I think that that, you know, this is the first Muslim probably representation in in Congress. And so that that is going to be a defining moment. And so Mm -hmm. especially when we have um, a president who has um, maybe been less than. uh, sensitive towards minorities, so or, or anybody for that. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Donald's not too sensitive. He's not too happy with anybody, really. I've, I've talked to Donald a couple of times. Oh, and, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. amazing. Not since he's been president. Sure, I mean, yeah, but I mean, on the show, that's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, we we. It'd be fun to pull up those tapes. I bet. Well, he knew everything about me. That was real. It was weird, because yeah, yeah. it was when Art of the Deal came out in okay. the paperback. Yeah, and we had him on the show, and he goes, "Hey, Tom." How are you doing? Yeah. Saw your ratings are phenomenal. Yeah. How's Catherine? I yeah. Think she's doing really well. Yeah. How about Andy and Alex? They yeah. doing well. Yeah. He knew everything. Wow. About, he has good people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, well, he had good. Yeah. People. Absolutely. Because he didn't know anything about me, but they did. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's people. what. I mean, again, that's you're talking amazing. phenomenal ratings. You're yeah, the yeah, best. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That's all. That's he's it. looking at numbers, and that's he's going, CNN, doing. your numbers terrible. Yeah. Who cares? Whatever. You're awful. Get away. That's all. He's you know he's a numbers guy. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. So yeah. So anyway, I think I think however you feel, it is a defining moment because you know not that there's a civil war, but you're gonna have to pick sides in this pretty you know because they're 
they're very extreme on on either side. It seems yeah, like there's no, not a lot right. of people that's taking right. middle ground anymore, and so um, uh, I think again, regardless how you feel about Omar or or AOC, they are provocative, and they are. Uh, I mean, this is the most uh, I've watched of Congress in yeah, that's in true. my lifetime, that right? Because true, it yeah. used to be on C-SPAN. Channel thirty seven or whatever, you flip past it to get to MTV, right? And no one, no <laughs> yeah, one sit back and watch C-SPAN and knew exactly. But now you can wake up and go, "What's happening in Congress?" and just look at your Twitter account, and everyone is talking. The every information you need. This is what's so frustrating about this current time is that on the same device that someone is trying to lie to you, you can look up the fact. <laughs> And people refuse to do that. Yeah, they right. just retweet yeah. whatever yeah. the person yeah. they That's sort true. of already decided they they agree with. You know, let me give you a perspective you might never may never have heard before. And you know, JB can tell you this is the truth. But um, it's really funny because I grew up a Catholic kid in North Minneapolis, which is the yeah. poorest, most dangerous part of sure. this entire state. I went to school with black children, with right. Mexican children, with white kids, mm-hmm. with, you know, pretty much no age. There were no Asians sure. in our yeah, yeah. That was about it. Yeah. So for me, for them to say, oh, we have a dialogue, we always had a dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ever since I was, Benny Crushan was the first black kid I ever met, mm-hmm. and unfortunately he's no longer with us, but he and I, there was always dialogue. Yeah. I never cared what color sure. anybody was. Right. But when I talk about that, you know what the politicians do to me here? I'm a racist, mm-hmm. a homophobe, sure. and a sexist. I'm sure. all those things. Yeah, yeah. Because I treat everyone the same. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how I grew up. Yeah. Right? Well, that's what's interesting is that's amazing that you had that experience. A lot of white America doesn't have that experience. I mean, I yeah. grew up in a small town where we had maybe three right. black kids in our whole school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so when I got to downtown Seattle, what a culture shock yeah. to find out. Yeah, like, that's true. Hey, you know, racism in the textbooks, they go like, oh, this was a long time ago and yeah. everything was fine <laughs> right. and it's right. all great now. That's true. And yeah. then you move to Seattle and you make some friends of, of, of different persuasions and you go, oh, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that a lot of this stuff was still going on. You know? JB will tell you one of the problems he has in life is explaining to people how I'm not racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, I mean, Spent years when I was on the show, yeah. on the morning show. Spent years talking people off the ladder and mm-hmm. out of the tree or whatever. It's like, <laughs> no, I said off the mall. Yeah, it's like, well, and I eventually got to a point. It's like, well, you don't have a lot of confidence in me, and they go, well, well what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I said, basically, what you're saying, I'm an idiot. Yeah. If that's the case, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You're yeah. gonna hang out with, with this, this guy, guy just because he gives you a job, no. right? Or you know, I'm gonna hang out with a racist. Yeah, and... exactly. Probably not. Right. I mean, I will so. tell you. You know, I do the show from home. So sure. I, I didn't know he's black. Oh, so yeah. once I <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> that's well. why he got fired. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, look, he's black. Forget it. Uh, I, uh, I well, who let it. this guy in the building? See, to me, so that that what they're talking about now, to me, because most of, I mean, even the city is still very segregated, right? I mean, you drive by. This is the no go. Zone. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah, oh yeah. And this is the yep. North Minneapolis. You don't go over there, right? That's and then uh, right, you go to Milwaukee, and they basically go, "These are the intersections of the freeway. <laughs> don't go on that side." It's true. So, like, you know, we are still we're we're seeing each other in public still, working and stuff like that, but we're not necessarily interacting as much. Right. Still. No, it's very. So, um, and and also like, we've still come. I mean, again. 
a lot of this is like 50 years we're looking at 50, like 60 50 years, to yeah. 60 years yeah, are like you know women couldn't vote and like Ixnay, yeah. She so know like, now. yeah. So uh, don't tell her that. Don't tell so, her she uh, vote now. Your opinion still doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, but so for for that for the time we've come in a short period of time is remarkable. Yeah, I agree. And that's okay. great. And so I think we if we focus on the progress, that's pretty good, and that gives me hope for the future. And yeah. the fact is that this may be a rough time. To go through, but I think it's necessary that we're having these conversations in the open. I just don't want it to get to where it was when I was a teenager in the 60s and they started killing everyone, right. like Martin Luther King, right. and JFK, and Matthew Evers, and right. Bobby Kennedy. Yes. I don't, I, we don't need that again. Absolutely. Oh, and then horrible. Tupac and Biggie, and then. Well, that was their own <laughs> yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, you know. I found out Tupac was black too, and I, I, I got had rid no of all idea. His <laughs> I, yeah, I can't have these records in my house. <laughs> I tell you what, California Love is still one of my favorite songs of all time. Great song, I absolutely. I love that song, man. But it's kind of weird that, that people draw these opinions. I don't have an opinion of anybody I've never met because I don't know them. Right. So what I hear from other people means nothing to me. Yeah. So care. this was the, uh, with Mrs. Omar, that the clip, uh, like Marco Rubio retweeted it, but it was very, it's very doctored because they're doing an interview and they oh, go, yeah. what do you say to people that say, you know, we should crack down on Muslims and terrorism. And she's like, well, uh, statistically, uh, white men have committed more domestic terrorist incidents in the last five years than any other. So why aren't we making laws against white men? You, you know? mean in America? Yeah. So, like, she's talking about, like, yeah, you know, even true. the FBI director came out and said, yeah, the last hundred or so have been uh, white nationalists inspired. I got a tip off you know? for though. Yeah. There are a lot more white people here than right. there are anybody else. So just by numbers. I know, right. But, but they don't but, ever talk about right. that Right, but, but again, if we're judging the numbers and going like, statistically, uh, white guys have committed more violent acts in the last few years than Muslims in America, right? And we're talking yeah. about in yeah, protecting Americans. No, that's true. So you go like, why aren't we? Ma it's because we're we think that they're different, and we're still a little scared because we didn't grow up necessarily around mm -hmm. them. Not you, obviously, but like, no. but no, just most people don't have that. So I, you just need, you know, yeah. if you just. I met a friend. One of my really good friends is on uh, America's Got Talent right now, and he's oh, got okay. a disability where uh, past his elbows, his arms are a little bit mutated, and uh, mm. and so you know, the I was bottom. Hey, I hope. Yeah, and so I was well, which I don't know about you said from his elbows. Yeah, from the elbows. bottom. Yeah, no, no, like, from the bottom down. This wouldn't work. So he's this got. Part's yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's got like his fingers. He's basically got like one and a half fingers on oh, each yeah, hand yep, or something. Yep, I've seen, yeah. So um, he's a really funny guy, uh, Ryan Niemiller, uh, cripple threat on on and all his stuff. But uh, but I was like hanging out with him, and I'm Did like, you say cripple. Threat? That's his uh, that's Instagram. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's really funny. That's he's great. Very I funny love guy. that. So, but he, you know, you like we get to hang out and we're like having lunch at this comedy festival, and I, I kind of like laugh and I go like, "You're really good with your hands for how little of hands you have," you know. Right. And I, and he goes, "Yeah, you learn how to eat if you want to survive." You yeah, know? that's true. And I go, that's "Yeah, that's true. it." And I'm like, "Of course, I've never." Thought about that because I don't. This is my first handicapped friend that I've made. You know, correct. you just exactly have to right. go out and and not be afraid to kind of look like an idiot and go, "Hey, I'm kind of dumb." You like, don't. Know. How do you survive? You know. <laughs> you don't know. And absolutely. Yeah. Not. So it's great. No, I think it's what you're talking about is the way people should approach it. Sure. If you've not been through it before, you yeah. have every right to not know what the hell you're doing. Exactly. 
So everybody could just so say, you know just have a conversation and meet some people yeah. and then and then call them all assholes. Which I do anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, right. how well, I we am, get but... how that works. Yeah. <laughs> we get how that works. Yeah, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad or severe as everybody thinks. Right. It I is. think it's just now it's yeah. all in the open. Oh, exactly. Imagine if Facebook was around in 1975. Oh, oh you God. Know? Because then it's like, right now, it's like, we got a racist grandpa that calls them Orientals, but, you know. <laughs> I still but don't back see. in the day, it was yeah. like, the, you know, the words were much worse, and they weren't scared to use them. So. You know, the first time that, that that ever came up that Oriental is a, is kind of a racist word was because the Japanese and, and Chinese were not getting along. Sure, yeah, it's yeah. Like, don't call us all Oriental. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. They didn't like that at all. It's fascinating. <laughs> I Again, I had no idea that I Japanese and Chinese people did not. Uh, like each other that much, they you know. And Koreans, the right? Whole, and then the like, I thought it was like yeah. you guys are all. But again, that's I, what everybody. Know, I don't know. I didn't know. I'm a white guy with three black kids in my entire high school. Yeah, I know. So how am I gonna? And then the one Asian guy is like, I've lived here my whole life. I don't know anything. Uh, you know, is Asian okay? Is yeah, I think okay? so. Because yeah. they're from Asia. Yeah, they're okay. from Asia. I've heard that some of them take offense. Well, to that. you got. I here's the deal. If someone, if I'm talking to somebody and they go, Hey, I prefer what. You know, it's same with like someone's pronoun. If they go, "Hey, I prefer they," people need I'd more like, patches. Okay, that's of fine. What they want yeah, to that'd be, be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my mom uh, calls me asshole, so that's uh, your mom. That's what I've gone to. We call. have the same nickname same growing nickname up. That's really great. <laughs> I need you, young man, to call into the show once in a while. Oh, absolutely, that would be great. I, this make what you're saying makes sense. I thank you. You're very young, and you understand <laughs> that we haven't been through this yet. Yeah. So everybody, calm down. Yeah, just calm down. I have. JB has, yeah. but other people have. I Maybe think that's what my whole show is like. If everyone would just calm down a little bit, Love you it. know, just Love it. Uh, the hyperbole is is not helping. No, but again, uh, that's what gets people riled up and in the voting booths, and uh, and that's right, what's right. frustrating. And I, and I go to, you know, maybe, like, for me to vote in Washington, I fill out a paper thing and I mail it three days yeah, after the election. Yeah, do I don't even know too. what's going on. They do that you know? too. But some states, my friends have to wait in line for six hours to vote. And the, I guarantee I'm a very concerned citizen. I pay attention. If I had to wait six hours to vote on a monorail or whatever, <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> get out of here. I'm not, I'm not voting for this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Rivers. There is we go. A, I solved all the world's problems you did. in 15 minutes. And it was wonderful. Thank or you. 45. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But in any case, tonight, <laughs> two shows. Tomorrow night, two shows. A Sunday night show at 7 o'clock as well. Rick Brown's House Comedy. Great to meet you. Hey, and thanks I, and I'm so much. serious. Yeah. Reach out once in a while. I will, absolutely. I'd love to talk to you. Find about you on, are you on Facebook? Or are you, or are you posting about the Orientals on Facebook? <laughs> yes, you know the Orientals. Yeah, gotta, gotta watch out. You know, I saw a Negro yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell you what, I'll just look up your phone number on, yeah, just, on the internet I'll, and uh, I'll just uh, I'll give you the phone number okay, before cool. you leave Thanks. but probably not on here. <laughs> Thanks I will take a break be back